Code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis. And I'm Heather Artis. Thanks for joining us, everyone, for Minute 14 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. In the previous minute, we were left with the tail end of one heck of a line in which Mulroy is working to convince Murtaugh that the Black Pearl is nothing more than a legend trying to reiterate his point by asking if he has seen a ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned and captained by a man so evil, dot dot dot, and the minute ended in mid-sentence. Yeah, actually, I just wanted to do that recap just so I could say that line again. <laughs> that, that's really Hopefully it. you're going to say the full line here. I know, I don't like having to break it up. So after this, every time we reference it now, we'll be able to say the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sure everybody else out there is going, oh my God, can you just say the whole thing? How what many kind times of... can we reference it in one minute? Yeah, it's like the rigidity of their rules are bound by them. It's like somebody is here, you know, going to make us walk the plank if we don't <laughs> abide by the own rules that we made up. Man. Anyways, let's get going. Minute 14 begins with Mulroy finishing that thought saying, finally, we're finishing this thought here, that hell itself spat him back out. To which Murtaugh replies, no. But I have seen a ship with black sails. As Mulroy begins to repeat the legend word for word, our pirate, Mr. Smith, is able to sneak aboard the Interceptor. The minute ends with Mr. Smith telling them that his purpose in Port Royal is to commandeer one of these ships, pick up a crew in Tortuga, rape, pillage, plunder, and otherwise pilfer my Weasley black guts out. Two great lines. I don't know what's going on in the past two minutes. We are just on a roll here. How many times can we repeat them, though? <laughs> I don't know. That's, I mean, I almost need uh, I almost need those on T-shirts right there. <laughs> so my question: There's two great lines. Now you have a second great line. What are you gonna do? I know. I'm gonna have to really think about this. And it's only the second minute. It is the second minute. We'll see what's to come. But man, <laughs> so far so good this time. Yeah, and if you guys have any minutes that, or any of the quotes that you want to share from say that we're doing this week so that would be minute 17 down into minute the first minute send those our way at podcast at blackpearlminute.com or you know tweet us or hit us on facebook we'll be happy to share your your favorite lines in the movie up to that point as well we really want to share your favorite lines so wouldn't that make an interesting friday it would see we need to have people <laughs> responding on it that'd be great don't be shy just go ahead and send it to us we'll read it and we'll put your name out there and we'll we'll say hey cheers matey <laughs> so i agree we couldn't ask for a minute that is more chock full of traditional pirate descriptions here we have the stuff of legends of the Black Pearl and reality all neatly packaged into some great writing. Not to mention the perfect deliveries by Angus, Giles, and Johnny. That's that's how I really feel about that. Yeah, me too. I mean, we see legend stuff. And as I mentioned yesterday, it was stuff about Blackbeard that really conjured those images. But I think it in general conjures images of pirates. 
And specifically, it really conjured images of the Disneyland ride. It, it really does. Crewed by the Damned. I, you know, I think that there are some, because of that pirate stuff, that's really, yeah. you know, always my favorite scene. And, and I think I even mentioned in maybe one of the earlier minutes or a pirate episode that I even had misremembered how the ride oh, ended. Oh, yeah, with the skeletons that, in it. Yeah, I really believe that the end of the ride there was a skeleton pirate battle that so we went from pirates then we saw the or we went from skeletons that were not really lively to pirates that were doing their thing and then it went to pirates that were skeletons that were doing the fighting and i had completely like just made that up with a false memory so i think that this is all part of it that i really wanted to see that happening maybe we will in this movie i don't know maybe we should go to disneyland and double check the ride very soon just so we can clear things up that would be a great bonus episode for us to do is actually do a minute by minute breakdown of the ride yes that would that be would be cool. awesome yeah so we should do that and okay i'll, I'll set my yeah, calendar say, oh no now, <laughs> now that yeah now it's going to be there going when are we supposed to go to disneyland so we could do a minute by minute breakdown of pirates of the caribbean that would be a pretty cool bonus episode or a series of bonus episodes to be able to break that ride down that who's, would be pretty cool. Who's going to watch the dogs? I'm ready to go. Exactly. <laughs> We're out of here. So anyways, yeah. I, I just think that it's a couple of great lines here in these past two minutes. We just really back those up. And the fact that our buddy Mulroy actually repeats that again. Yeah. So I think that that's, that really helps. So firstly, you know, we really see the big Warner Brothers payoff here that we're... That not that just we wanted, but that we needed. And I'm channeling my Bugs Bunny here, as I remember him saying, <laughs> you know, up, Exhibit A, is while Murtaugh and Mulroy argue amongst themselves about the Black Pearl, he sneaks away. And so that's a classic Bugs Bunny cartoon misdirection. Right. You know, there's that setup. And I couldn't even really point out an episode. It's been quite a while since I've seen that. But that is something that I'd see Bugs Bunny doing, is just setting that up, giving him something to do and argue about, and then he goes and runs off. So and well, he does what he wants to do. He always did that to Porky Pig. He always got Porky Pig to focus on something else. And then he'd take off and go another direction. Most of the time it was Daffy Duck. Yeah. Are you sure? Right? I don't know. Are you talking Elmer Fudd? Or Elmer Fudd. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Got my cartoon. I have no clue. It's been a while. So he always got Elmer Fudd. I think actually Porky Pig did try to hunt rabbits at some point. I'm trying to okay, think. So, I don't know. Now anyway, we're going to get... Okay. So Elmer Fudd. So you got always got Elmer Fudd focus on Daffy. That's true. There was a misdirection there and to get him on And then he'd go run away. That's right. Or he'd dress up as something else that Elmer Fudd wouldn't notice he That's was right. dressed up as. And actually that plays in because there was a lot of what Bugs Bunny did to misdirect Elmer Fudd onto Daffy Duck. And to yeah. get, and then so there that plays into exactly my exhibit B here. And again, my verbal jujitsu by Mr. Smith at its finest. And this is the proverbial child psychology bit. The old switcheroo, however we want to call it. It's putting doubt out there. And then the classic trickster strikes again. And you don't know, is he telling the truth or is he lying? We're kind of left with, you know, what, what's really going on here. Not only has this been done in Bugs Bunny, but it's also other classic movies like The Princess Bride. 
And specifically, because mm-hmm. we had mentioned that before, that yeah. was one of the first ones that came to mind. And that's when Dread Pirate Robert and Vizzini, they were engaged in this battle of wits. And they were trying to see who was going to. Because clearly he couldn't beat him in a sword fight. And clearly yeah. Dread Pirate Roberts couldn't beat the mental games of Vizzini. So, you know, it was the whole one glass of wine has the poison in it. And which one is it? And so he sets it out there and it's like, well, clearly you wouldn't put the glass with the poison in front of you. You would put that in front of me. Well, wait a second. If you wanted me to think that you're going to put the poison in front of me, then... So it gets into this whole crazy bit about where he would actually do that. And he starts really thinking to himself. And that's exactly what I think happens here. When they say that... uh, Welcome to Princess Bride Minute. Well, because... We're off Princess Bride now. But Princess Bride Minute is out there, so check it out. So... And we're, we're now here when Murtaugh tells Mr. Smith not to lie. Yeah. And the first thing he does is come back with this, I'm going to rape, pillage, and plunder his Weasley black guts out. And he's like, I told you not to lie. Kind yeah. Of thing. That's what I think is going on here. Or actually, that may be in the next minute. I don't remember now. I'd have to look at my notes. But No, it's... Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah. So, that was a spoiler. But... You see that he told, you know, he said no lies. He actually did say no lies. So he said no lies and that's what he hits him back with. And then they're thinking, wow, you can see the look on their faces. Like he's just telling us this. It's, It's just this craziness that happens there. And, you know, already Mulroy doesn't believe that his name is Mr. Smith. And you can hear that in the tone of his voice when he says, what is your purpose here in Port Royal, Mr. Smith? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, that's your name. <laughs> yeah, he clearly doesn't believe him. No. <laughs> so I think they have, and I think they have the perfect reaction, too, after they finish debating the Black Pearl. Uh-huh. And then they realize that Mr. Smith is now, is now gone and not in front yeah. of them. They're like looking like that surprised look. And that happens in Bugs Bunny cartoons as well. Right. And then it's like the realization like, oh my God, he's actually on the ship. We have not only just failed our job that we were really proud of. He also just tricked us easily because yeah. we weren't paying attention. We're supposed to be guarding this and we were not even paying attention. Did you notice that Mulroy looks over when they're done with their argument and gives this look of... See, I told you, there's no such thing as a black pearl. Yeah, I did notice that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but then Mr. Smith was gone there, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Where'd he go? Well, you know, he proved his point. He made it. And, you know, between these two guys, it really is a spot-on kind of connection that they have. Oh, yeah. The chemistry agreement. Yeah. And, and Mulroy, when they're discussing the two lines again or the, about the black pearl, He's using this reductio ad absurdum. And it's this reduction to absurdity is kind of this Latin phrase. And so the it's the argument or it's a form of argument which attempts to either disprove a statement by showing it inevitably leads to a ridiculous, absurd, or impractical conclusion. Or to prove one by showing that if it were not true, the result would be absurd or impossible. And I think that's exactly what he's doing because the way he says about the Black Pearl in that tone, it's crewed by the damned and mm-hmm. captained by a man so evil. It's just so ridiculous yeah. that if you're the one who's saying that the Black Pearl exists, he could have just said the Black Pearl doesn't exist. It's a legend ship. Instead, he says, you're telling me you believe that this ship is actually crewed by the damned and a man so evil that hell itself spat him back out. You know, it's just, you know, all of these phrases, it's just like making, well, that's not really what I would believe. I believe that maybe there's a ship out there. Yeah, there's a ship out there with black sails. (laughs) And that's what he he says. 
So he goes, well, and then he gets into, yeah, I saw, well, I saw a ship with black sails. So yeah. he's then trying to bring it back to reality. No, I didn't see one that's crewed by the damned demons and all this kind of stuff. I just saw a ship with black sails now. And right. then he's like, oh, black sails. So no other ship could have black sails. So again, he's doing this to really make his point to to really bring it down to this argument here. Like, hey, you're so absurd to think that. And then he caves in. He's just like, okay. Yeah. Maybe you're right. I, <laughs> I can't believe I even thought that that existed. I like the way that um, our pirate here, Mr. Smith, kind of slowly backs away from them as they're arguing, and he kind of sneaks away. He just kind of slowly backs away. He's trying to be as quiet as po- as this po- this pirate could be, because we all know he's not very quiet. Well, yeah, the the jingling, you know, is yeah. gone. So he he must have some kind of way to silence his, his coins. <laughs> Maybe he's holding it. <laughs> but well, and plus you're so focused on them and the words that they're using. Yeah. I'm just entranced when he says it because I really love that line. Right. So. I think that's part of it. And then he's just like, okay, these buffoons are still going to be talking about this. And he's probably thinking, in fact, not only is he saying that again, he's actually repeating the same lines again. <laughs> because the lines are awesome. They Who are. wouldn't want to repeat those? <laughs> and I think that's why, again, you know, we didn't men- we mentioned it yesterday, is that he's talking about it being kind of a legend maybe that he heard about because he's repeating it exactly. And so there's some nice, yeah. you know, writing or directing that goes into that because it really backs it up. And I think it really plays well with this character. But to me then, you know, analyzing it, it's he has heard this before. He's, you know, this is something yeah. that's just not he's making off the top of his head. He's heard it a lot before. Yeah. Exactly. So it's the legend out there, the Black Pearl, and and now he can repeat the saying about it, this short haiku, if you want, that I called it yesterday, just a short poem or something that easily is remembered, kind of that nursery rhyme. Yeah. So when they notice the pirate has gone into the ship, they kind of jump into action. They've got their guns held towards the pirate, and actually Murtaugh jumps into the ship. He doesn't even go after the stairs. He just jumps over the oh, stairs really? and jumps that. right into the ship. Yeah. I should have noticed, noticed that. Totally forgets about the stairs and jumps into the ship because there's a little stairs right there. Yeah. You know, but he jumps them. He says, nope, got to go get this guy. So Johnny, or our pirate, is actually sitting at the helm holding on to the, what do we call the it? Wheel. The wheel. I was going to call it a steering wheel, but it's the wheel. He's holding on to the wheel and kind of just standing there like he belongs there. I, I agree. I think that's a really neat shot of him, too. Yeah. With, with he's smiling. Wheel. He's just sitting there like yeah, he's he belongs there. Yeah, he's for sure. Yep. You know, I know we were talking about Murtaugh, Mulroy, and Mr. Smith and Johnny Depp at the mm-hmm. the helm here. But you know what really caught my eye is the rope. My God. Oh, yeah. The rope. Yeah. I mean, did you see how much rope was on the Interceptor? <laughs> I don't know how you sail a ship with so much rope and not get caught up in it. I'm telling you, that is a nightmare waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. For one thing, you get all tangled. You have any weather whatsoever. <laughs> and you're just going to be tangled in it yourself. You can tell we're sailors that we've never experienced <laughs> yeah. this before, but I man, there's a lot of rope on I, that. You couldn't fall out of the ship because all the rope would hold you in. <laughs> I mean, it's just so much rope. It's crazy. I'm telling you, you know, if I were to try and like do something, if I were to try and throw something or if I, you know, tried to purposely get something tangled in that rope, I couldn't. Right. But if I accidentally dropped something there, it would be instantly yeah. tangled in this stuff and in an instant mess. <laughs> You know, it just reminds me, actually, getting back to another movie reference. Sorry, guys. Jaws, when, when Quint, 
you know, he's teaching them like, don't pull this one, pull this one kind of stuff and yeah. the knots and stuff. And so it really re- reminds me of that. But man, there are a lot of ropes. No oh, wonder yeah. they have knots galore, ropes galore. It's just a, a it, giant process. It was, it was crazy. It's crazy the number of ropes on there. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few details with it too. And then there's also that small cannon on the rail. And then that, that, that's a swivel gun, actually. The thing that you told me was a Gunter Cannon? <laughs> you weren't supposed to. Obviously, I lied to her about what it was, and I made up a word, and I can't believe she actually put it in here. Oh, yeah. So Gunter Cannon. To... <laughs> <laughs> so, a... That sounds like something Jim would say when they're making up things for Dwight on The <laughs> Office. It, it would be, but yeah, I, I made it up. She asked what it was. I called it a Gunter Cannon. <laughs> Just right off the top of my head. But yeah, actually, it's a swivel cannon. And it was used, it's used <laughs> for short range. And it has maybe 300-yard maximum kind of compared to a regular cannon, which maybe could hit 1,000 yards. And it's typically loaded with an array of musket shot, which could spread out when fired. It was more of an anti-personnel gun. I really liked using that on, you know, Assassin's Creed Black <laughs> Flag or whatever it was called. Where you could actually shoot, uh, you know, people from that. It was pretty cool. Shoot your Gunter cannon. Exactly. But yeah, so there's a lot of cool details on that. And this HMS Interceptor is a brig vessel, so it's another brig. And it has 16 cannons and two swivel guns, one of which we see here in this scene, along with some other cool details. We uh, actually see a cannon, too. Yeah, we saw a cannon. Yeah. So, yeah, there's is really some cool stuff. And it was actually portrayed by the Lady Washington, which is a real brig ship. Oh, Okay. So this happens to be a full-scale replica of the first American vessel to make landfall on the Pacific Northwest Coast in 1789. So it is a period, set late 1700s replica ship, which is pretty cool. And according to Pirates of the Caribbean wiki, this is the only real ship used in the film, in The Curse of the Black Pearl. So this is actually the one they sailed from... U.S. all the way down to they're taping this, right? That's right. Yeah. So it was, it actually made a 40-day voyage from Long Beach, California to St. Vincent in the Caribbean. And along the way, the crew actually began prepping and making cosmetic changes to the ship to get her ready for the role as the Interceptor. Oh, wow. So yeah, so it has definitely an interesting story. Yeah, it really is. It was really the only real ship that was actually used. And we're not talking about you know, the ships that were used as props in the background, like the Brig Unicorn that we discussed a minute or so ago, the one that actually sank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was, you know, it was a fi- uh, a ship that was actually used for filming and sailing and that they actually filmed on and sailed. So, oh, yeah. Pretty cool. They got to go that. through the Panama Canal in it too, right? Yeah, we actually watched a behind the scenes. And yeah, so it really showed their whole process as they're sailing. And they actually broke part of the ship. Uh, and I don't remember what it was. They broke part of it actually so during weather? a storm, yeah. uh, and they ha- and they had to go to to port to to help repair it and to repair it, and then they continued on. Quite the adventure for that, but then that was pretty cool. And I think they even did the captain of the Lady Washington helped give direction to Johnny Depp when he was behind the wheel to you know to tell him how and oh you know, really how to, how to do that and steer the ship. Huh. So, very interesting. I'm sure those are things we can get into later on. And I don't know if you have anything else on the Interceptor or when they're on there before I say, as I'm already on this roll of did you see the amount of rope, but did you see the cuffs on Johnny Depp's costume there? Oh, yeah, they were huge. They, his <laughs> aren't, his hands would get lost in them. I, I can't believe it. Of all the times I've seen this movie, this scene was really the first time I really noticed them in terms of, you know, holy giant cuffs Batman. These things are huge. Yeah, they're they're giant. And I was thinking, what 
would be the cufflink that you, if you were going to put cufflinks on those, what would it be? I mean, they'd almost have to be the size of saucer plates to, to actually look right on, on something that huge. But I can't believe I never noticed it. I think I just, you know, as we're watching it, it's like, okay, those are the period pieces in the costumes for the show. Yeah. But man, the, I really, it just stood out to me. I think maybe because his hand was on the wheel and stuff. They were kind of dangling down. It was down. right there in front. And yeah. I just, it just really hit me. And plus when I was, yeah, when I was analyzing it. So it just really hit me. And I thought, man, those are some big cuffs. Yeah. I did have a thought about when the um, guards found him at the wheel. Yeah. He says, he's all looking all innocent up there. And um, they're saying, oh, get down. He says, he acts like nothing's wrong. And he's like, I'm just admiring your pretty boat. I mean, ship. Yeah. So I thought right. that was, you know, he's again acting like he belongs there. Yeah. And I don't, and I'm wondering if he's trying to play it off. That's a really good point, actually. Why did he say boat and then say ship? Is he trying? Because even earlier he was trying to say, why, why are you protecting this interceptor? Or why do you care about the interceptor, this small boat ship? Yeah. You know, as he says. When the Dauntless, something that's so big, is right there, it really makes this one superfluous. Right. And so that's a really good point, you know, when he calls it a boat. Is he trying to put more doubt in their mind? Like, why are you guys worrying about this one? Nobody's going to take it. Nobody would want it. You got that bad boy right there. They can just defend anything. Even if somebody tried to steal it, there's nowhere it can go. and Nobody's going to do anything because you got this guy here. So I don't know if he's also trying to think, hey, I don't know really anything about boats. And ships. Oh, I'm just maybe. Here. I'm just looking around. Trying to throw them off. Yeah. You know, what are you going to... Mr. Smith, I'm, you know, I like to dress like this pirate guy, but really I'm just a merchant and I have a small shop down the street and you don't have to worry about me because I don't even know that this is a ship. But calling it pretty, pretty, because you wouldn't think people call it pretty, a sailor would call a ship a pretty ship. Yeah, you know, I don't know what his, yeah, it's an interesting word choice. Something. So I yeah. think it might be that he's trying to to downplay yeah. his knowledge on ships and trying to really throw them off again. He's he's again doing the trickster thing and bringing a bunch of that into the picture to to throw Murtaugh and Mulroy off the scent that he's trying to do what he said he was going to do is take a ship. Yeah. So yeah, anything else you have for this minute? No, I just I think you co- we covered it all. Yeah, that's about all I had too. So yeah, I just I, found it. You know, the his his line about what he's going to do with the ship and was kind of cool. And then they didn't believe him. And then, but yet maybe we do believe him. <laughs> yeah, we, we and we haven't got to that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but, you know, you can see by the looks on their face that they're not expecting it. They said, you know, tell us what you're doing, no lies. And so they're not. And and somebody is going to say that back to them yeah what they're gonna do they're they got to be thinking what is this guy right and what is he doing so that's what i got okay that's it so we'll be back tomorrow with minute 15 of the curse of the black pearl on the pirates of the caribbean minute until then let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum thank you for joining us on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. If you like the show, then leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, matey. You can contact us at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. We just might feature your questions and comments on future episodes. Visit us online at blackpearlminute.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash pirates of the Caribbean Minute, twitter.com slash blackpearlmen, 
and on soundcloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, where we post additional content, have episode discussions, and share our favorite show clips. Now see you next time, scallywags.